0: welcome to the finding refuge podcast my name is michelle cassandra johnson and i am so glad you're here this podcast emerged from work based in the exploration of collective grief and liberation it exists to remind us about all the ways we can find refuge during unsettling and uncertain times I am so excited about today's episode. I sat down on Zoom virtually and spoke with my friend Tamira Cousette. Tamira is a friend of mine and we've been in many spaces together and it was an honor to share space and talk about ancestors and um, how we actually came to listen to our ancestors and to talk about medicine. So I'll tell you a little bit about Tamira. Tamira is both a student and medium of ancestral and earth honoring wisdom, who is committed to centering personal wellness and service to greater cultural healing. She is the beloved grandchild of West African, British, and Irish peoples with deep Southern roots. Her Ori, or destiny, and spiritual path have conspired to guide her towards studying emergent and embodied ancestral liberation and healing practices, Brazilian earth honoring traditions and of West African Ifa or tradition. These paths of practice are the foundation of her ritual training and development and continue to shape the contours of the ritual containers and embodied practices that she co-weaves with spirit and her incarnate kin. She holds the medicines of ancestral and earth-honoring wisdom with deep reverence and respect for the ways these medicines nourish her life and affirm the interconnectedness and importance of all of our kinfolk seated within the vast web of relations. She is dedicated to co-weaving, decolonized, reverence-filled ritual containers and intergenerational ancestral connections across space and time. She's honored to co-weave containers and connections which facilitate transformation, healing, and celebrate all forms of ancestral diversity through embodied practice and song. She's honored to make her home on traditional Catawba and Eno territory enjoy this episode. Hello, Tamira. Hello, Hello, Michelle. It's so nice to be here with you. Thank you so much for saying yes to being a guest on the podcast and showing up for this conversation. Thank you for asking. And it is a blessing to be in your presence and to
1: be weaving with you in this way. And I'm so grateful to be here. hmm
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. I'm grateful you're here and that I get to be here and be in space with you. And I would love for you to share some about who you are and what you do in the world, however you want to answer that question. All
1: right. So I feel like I do a lot of things. I am a scientist. I work with air quality in my regular job. And then I'm a parent. I have two small human beings that I've been blessed to steward over in this lifetime. And so I do that. And I also work with helping people deepen in their ancestral connection. I serve as a medium in that way, a bridge between these two worlds, helping other people step into their own medium practices, being a bridge between the ancestral realm and this realm of form and embodiment. So that's another piece of work. I hold in the world. I'd also say like, I'm a gardener (laughs) and I like to make medicine. So there's lots of different hats that I'm blessed to wear and step
0: in and out of in this world. Because you mentioned ancestors and being a medium between this realm and the spirit realm and ancestral realm. And I'd love for you to share some about your journey, like your process of engaging with your ancestors and engaging with this work of being a medium and bridge?
1: Yeah. So I think from early on when I was really young, I always was sort of plugged into this realm of spirit. And the more that I talk to people, the more that I hear these stories of people being really young and having what people call supernatural experiences. But now I know that these are like incredibly normal experiences. Like we're hotwired for connection in this way. We're supposed to be able to be in relationship and be in communication with the realm of spirit. But I just remember always feeling like there were others with me and walking with me always like constantly intuitively knowing that. And so as I got older, a lot of that shifted going into the world, going to college, getting a job, all the other ways the world kind of puts that on the back burner so you can participate in society, I guess. And so When I got into my 30s, I remember actually when I moved to North Carolina, I was about 25 and I had started this new job doing air quality work. And this was like in 2009. And it was so interesting at 25. I remember moving here, having this new job, having a new car and just being in the shower and bawling like just remembering that connection that I had to spirit and then just being like, I'll do anything for this to come back. Like, I don't know where it is, but like life does not feel complete. Like the job is not enough. The car is not enough. Like there has to be some other reason that I'm here because I don't know if I can keep going if this is just it. So I remember that happening at 25 and then afterwards being like, Oh my God, I must be like the craziest 25 year old person on the planet. (laughs) It's like, I need something deeper. The material is not enough. And so fast forward about five years, I had this experience working with plant medicine and having my ancestors like really and just fully like show up. And they were kind of like, what are you doing? Like, you have not been in communication with us. Do you not remember us? Do you not remember? Like you made agreements about what you're going to come to this world and do it was very loving, but it was like incredibly direct. And I'm like, oh my God, y'all are real. Like trying to take all of that in, right? And so from that point forward, it took that shift in consciousness that I had there and I was breaking through. It's almost akin to like, I have these dreams sometimes where my eyes feel really fuzzy and I can't get my vision to focus. And it was just like, boom, like everything came into clear focus. And so- After that experience, I started having like dreams where my ancestors will be really present with me. And even like in waking times, like feeling them even more so like present in spaces in the rooms that I was in. And I also started having these experiences where ones that were like in a lot of suffering were coming to me. And particularly it was like the women that were enslaved on my lineages, particularly the women on my mother's mother's side, showing me things that happened to them and that happened to their children during this time. And so I was having like nightmares and I would have these experiences where I would physically feel their pain in my body. And so someone was like, I think this is like ancestral work you need to be doing. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, what does that even mean? Right. And they're like, well, you should go see this person who does ancestral work. And I was like, no. No, And it just kept going and it kept progressing. Right. And it took somebody a third time saying like, this is ancestral for me to get curious about like, okay, what does that mean? Like, what does that actually mean? This is ancestral work. And so that's really where it opened up for me was like reaching out and looking for help, looking for people who were speaking this language of ancestors, where it was something that wasn't like spooky or weird, but like normalizing it right like oh yeah like this is actually like yeah you can be in relationship with them and it's important like in any other relationship with any other person that you have boundaries and you're in your sovereignty and autonomy like when you're in space and you can negotiate proximity you know to your ancestors and what they're bringing and so it was like oh my god like y'all are asking me to do things i don't even know how to do in relationships with people (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's been this really beautiful path of like discovery of like who my people are and reclaiming those connections and relationships with them and I know when I first started the work, I bought just so much of like what I was carrying around my ancestors like oh, they're not intact, like our tradition and our lineages are not intact because of. White supremacy and slavery, and they're not being recorded. And I got this message very early on from my people, which was like books and tracing us on paper does not make us intact. Our descendants keep us intact. And when you're ready to show up in this other way of honoring the wholeness that is like already there, we can do that. And then recently they gave me this whole download even on the word intact, and they're like, we don't want you using that word. You even know what it means. And so I went down this rabbit hole of like, what does intact mean? And I know I'm like taking (laughs) a lot of space here, but I just want to share this because it's so beautiful. So I looked up this word intact and it has several definitions. One of it means virginal. The other one means not being emasculated. So it's like this whole thing tied up in purity, gender right there. And then the other definition is is being unaltered and unchanged. And they're like, you better not get out of this lifetime unaltered and unchanged and untouched by everything that is here to shape your transformation. Like, stop using that word. And so now I'm like in the study of like language, right? And how language is a part of rituals. It can be rituals of connection or rituals of disconnection. So like, how am I showing up and what are the languages I'm using? What are the words and what are they reinforcing? So that's kind of been my study (laughs) with my people, and it feels like it's ongoing. It's going to be lifelong deepening in relationship, deepening in like my own healing, deepening in their healing process, because a lot of the healing sometimes happens through me when I can make these commitments to show up in different ways that are outside of patterns of harm that were in the line. So like this long spiral.
0: And that's life, right? You know, yes, Yes, the spiral. And I appreciate you sharing a little about your journey with ancestors and connecting with your people and what you said about the definition of intact, the one definition of unaltered, unchanged, and how that is not what you want to be doing, right? You want to be transformed by this experience of being a spiritual being and being in a body and connected with your ancestors. So that's really beautiful to think about. That part of the work is being changed, right? And when we resist that, we suffer. Yes.
1: That was one of their other messages. They're like, you came in in pieces, like there was a sperm and there was an egg and it multiplied into a ball of cells. So, like, don't resist because when you resist, you will suffer and so will others. And so, when we do that, it's like, are we consciously going to be okay with ourselves suffering and then other people suffering? Like, what are we affirming? What are we? Attaching ourselves to. Yeah.
0: Are there ancestors that show up over and over, or how has that process been? Like, I'm asking because in my own experience, my grandmother Dorothy, that's the ancestor I talk about the most, but I've started to connect with my great grandmother Angie more with some guidance from someone who was like, she was enslaved when she was born, but that's not the whole of who she was. And so this person really invited me into like, not describing her by her condition, but as a person, right, who lived a life. And so I'm working with her more. So I'm wondering if there are ancestors that show up or at certain times, like my dad's dad shows up when I lose things and helps me find things like that kind of thing. So I have a different relationship with them all and wondering about what that is like for you.
1: Yeah, I definitely have different ones that show up depending on like what it is that I'm doing right? The ones that show up really just often for me is my great, let me get this right. My great, great, great grandmother, Lila Farrow. I see her and hear from her really often. I have a picture of her over here next to some coffee that I poured out for her this morning with cinnamon and nutmeg. She shows up really often for me. And then I do have these instances like where my dad's mom shows up often when I'm outdoors and in the garden, she's like a big gardener, right? She just loves being outdoors and working in the soil. So different ones show up at different times. And it's like always, I guess the right one (laughs) shows up when I need them with the medicine that I need in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I've also had this experience of them which I think is really important when we do ancestral work is like outside of personality because they exist in this larger ecosystem, right? With the elements and with the forces of nature. And so I've had these experiences where I feel my grandmother's like in water, like when I'm like cleaning my hands or like outdoors or when it's like raining, like I can just feel them in water. So yeah, I have those other experiences where they show up outside the bands of personality And more like, you know, in weather and in elements outdoors and always sometimes have these curiosities and I've sat with them like, okay, so like when y'all show up, like what elements do y'all have a connection with? Because different lines for me have different connections to different elements. And so my grandmothers just happen to be the water. One of my grandfathers is like fire. The other one is like earth and soil. So all the ways that they show up, they just, they do (laughs) and they're beautiful. And they're always right on time, like divine timing.
0: Mm-hmm. Always, yeah. yeah. I find that to be true. Yeah, and you—you you just mentioned that you poured out some coffee with cinnamon and nutmeg for your great-great-great grandmother, right? Yeah. And I'm interested in rituals and practices because that has to do with nourishing them, right? Mm-hmm. And feeding them. And we do have a relationship with them, so it's not as if I just rely on my ancestors to show up and take care of me, then I need to be in deep relationship and support them as well. And so I'm wondering if you'll share some about the practices you engage to do that, to be in deep relationship and a a relationship where there's reciprocity.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like I have like a million of them and I'm going to share like four or five (laughs) (laughs) because I feel like every time, like I engage with them and I call them in, even like when I'm tending to myself or my kids, it's like this opportunity to be in ritual right? Like whether it's like bathing my children and cleaning them, you know, just praying over them and teaching them to pray over the water that's cleaning them and telling them who's in that water. Like how are people show up in the water? So I feel like life is ripe with ritual and opportunities to be in it. But pouring coffee is one of the things that I like to do for this particular ancestor. Some of the ancestors on my lines, they like different things. And so I'm always in this habit of like, what can I do for you? Like, what would you like? And like you said, like it's important to nourish the relationship. And even though they can't eat it energetically, when the food is living like natural food, they can be uh, sustained off of the energy of that. Right. So like, oftentimes when I have things that come out of the garden, like we had a lot of cucumbers and carrots and like little salad greens, I would make them like a bowl of salad, like in the morning, like a small thing, not like anything huge, but like pinch off of my plate and the kids plate. And so I an offering for them, you know, to be like, this is for you. And I tell the kids, like, who is it for? And they're like, oh, that's for (laughs) the (laughs) ancestors. And get them engaged in, like, helping to prepare. So just, like, little things like that. If I make medicine, I've been making a lot of tinctures. I had, like, holy basil take off this summer and mint and lemon balm. And so I've been making so many beautiful tinctures and just offering up bits and drops in the preparation and calling them in and asking them to be with me. And even when I'm picking the plants, like just calling in the ones that have a resonance for the earth in that way and the plant spirits in that way, and just asking them to be present. Another ritual is in the grooming of my body, because this is something that thousands of them have poured into for me to be here. So another piece of that is like honoring this vessel that so much sacrifice and love and generosity has been poured into. And so one thing I've been doing lately, and this might sound really weird, is that after I shower, I've been slowing down to like actually sit down and lotion my body. like Not just like slap on lotion, but I have this really beautiful chai scented shea butter that smells so good. And I'm taking my time and like even down to my feet, like I'm doing the soles of my feet in between my toes, like working my way up. And just being like, I'm so grateful for this shin here and this knee and these thighs, and these legs that help me to like be here and connected onto the earth. So little rituals of self-care like that, being woven in and calling them in is super beautiful. Another ritual is my great, great, great grandmother, Lila Farrow. When she was living in Alabama, she was a part of this Southern Baptist butt-washing church. <laughs> and I this. I've been obsessed with making these foot washes out of herbs and flowers in the garden and like creating time and space to like pray over the offerings, like as I'm gathering them, calling her in and like me and my children, like putting our feet like in this. We have a a big basin that I found at like a thrift store that came with like a really beautiful picture and putting our feet in and like praying over the water and like washing each other's feet with like prayers and water. So like those pieces feel really connecting and and grounding. And I know that it's nourishing them because I'm in a space of generosity and gratitude for the sacrifices they have made for me to be here. And when I can meet them in that space, regardless of what is happening in the container around me, that feels like an offering in itself. It's like, I will not lose sight of the generosity of spirit and my people with everything that's happening around me. So those are rituals. That I love, love, love. And there's more. Like head washing is really a beautiful practice. We tend to our ori, our destiny, our crown. Our people have like conspired to like help us craft our destiny in this life. And so one way of like honoring that destiny is to like hold our head and pray over our head and pray over our destiny and pray that we have the character to execute the destiny that we said we would come here and do with calling our people in to bear witness. And yeah. So those are just a few of the fun rituals and they come in at different times. I like to tell people, like, it's not like this ritual, this way, this time. It's just like, they just, it's almost like waves. Like they just, you just know when it's time to like do the thing. And you just open yourself to like slow down and do it.
0: Yeah, I love everything you just said and what you said about the generosity of spirit and your ancestors and remembering that amidst all that's going on around you and in the world, right? And I am curious about, well, two things. One, if you're receiving messages about what this is right now, the moment we're in, which is a moment of COVID-19 and and working in different ways and trying to connect in different ways and also things that are not new at all, like systemic racism and white supremacy and capitalism and an upcoming election. And so, yeah, I'm wondering if you're receiving messages from them about this time and also your role or practice or work because of what is going on or in response to what is happening around us and to us.
1: Yeah, I feel like, There's so many because they're very chatty. (laughs) Yeah. But one of them, the other day I was outside working in the garden and it was just a hard day, just like with everything happening. And I have these moments and I think everybody does where I'm just like the bigness of everything that's happening, the despair and the grief and just the sorrow of it all. Like I was bought to my knees. And I was just like, oh, like, why am I here at this time? This is so hard. Like, I don't know what's coming. And my people were like, we never knew what was coming. And y'all got the internet and cell phones. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, breathe, 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 you know? And also, like, trusting them. Like, we didn't bring you here to suffer. We didn't pour into you for this life to just be purely about suffering. Like, where is the joy? Right. And so I was like really digging hard to find, like, where's the joy of this moment? And just being on the earth and having my hands and my knees like on the softness, but on the firmness at the same time with the earth and feeling really held. That was one of the things that came through for me. And they've been like everything that you've been doing before, like we need to level up, like with grounding, my energy practices, like keeping my own energy clean has been a thing for me that I've been in a deeper study of this whole time so that I can really show up from this place of like grounding and generosity and love. Because in the very beginning I started doing this thing where I was like closing off and was like, I don't want to be in this. Like this is really hard. And so working on my own energetic practices so that I can show up in the world and be carrying the medicine in my people, like to help people like normalize these conversations and a piece of what is coming through COVID and through everything that's happening, they're like, in the world, we need to be included. People need to expand their community and definition of family to include us. And this is what is happening to help us all do that is to like weave and bring our people in, and to ask for resourcing, and to ask for support, and to know like everything that we've happened, maybe some of these situations are unique, the energy patterns and the currents we're riding through, it's not new there's like nothing new under the sun happening and they have medicine for getting through the things that we're going through they have the rituals of grief that we need to pull together as a community so that we can mourn and be in a place of grief and also the rituals of praise like how do we walk and balance with these two things right not letting joy usurp grief and grief usurp joy but like there being this really beautiful reciprocal flow that balances all of life right and so they're carrying and holding that medicine and they're like we're available and it feels like a lot more people are turning around like with curiosity like i've been hearing all this talk about ancestors who are they and i'm like oh it is taking COVID and like where we are right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) to get us all to be like yeah I, i do come from somewhere right i am bigger than even what i know about i'm bigger than what history has told me like i have people that have personalities and that have been here and know what it's like to go through all the things that we're going through because they once were in a human body and so one of the things is like this is helping us to expand our definition of community and family by weaving in the ancestors and i know a personal revelation for me what's been coming through all of this is like community like who am I in community with and who am I building community with? And one thing they said to me is we can't continue, specifically for me, the way that I was showing up in community, they're like, You can't continue to build community on a shallow footholds. Like this is like a testament. You need to be like centering yourself in community where people share the same values with people who want to be liberated and want to center themselves in liberation. Because all these other ways you're showing up or you're being nice or you're like caretaking or doing all these other things, they're like, it will not work. <laughs> like, this is the proof. This is like right now, real time. And so it's really caused me to be in a space of reflection and to step back and to be like, yeah, I can't show up. I can't afford, no, none of us can afford to show up in community that's not centering liberation. Anymore, And I've heard so many people saying all these relationships and communities are falling away. And I've had that same experience for myself, because I'm like, there wasn't a lot of substance there. And they're like, your time and your energy cannot go to this space. If one, you are to survive and thrive. And two, if you're going to be a part of building, what wants to come in, in this time, because everything is, it feels like coming down in order to make space for what is wanting to be built and wanting to be express and part of my job it feels like right now is like listening to them and making sure that I'm like showing up and learning how to build community and showing up in community that's rooted in liberation like taking heed and centering like my focus and my energy in that way keeping my energy clear and also normalizing the conversation around ancestors normalizing the conversations around what is relationship with them look like and that it is as normal and as ordinary as you and me talking on zoom right now right talking out loud to our people praying with our people like all that like don't let modernity like continue to strip us of those connections and those bonds because i feel like that is how we get plunged into these systems of capitalism and supremacy like we're missing our belonging it gets stripped away from us when our people aren't welcome in our circles right? When we don't know how to build community. So it feels like a lot of potent medicine that's coming through that they're sharing. And I'm just like, y'all just help me. I just want to continue to walk in integrity. And most of all, with like humility to be teachable, like let me be open for correction. Always like let my heart and my spirit be open so that my feet can walk on this path that has been carved out before me, a path that in the cosmology that I work in, that I believe that I chose for myself, that I conspired to create with creator, with my ancestors, like let me show up and do the things that I told them that I was going to do. So when I go back and be like, "Y'all, I did it. (laughs) I'm on the express train to sainthood after them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What you just shared makes it's just making me think about accountability. So I mentioned reciprocity in relationship with ancestors, but like you are talking about deep accountability, like you have work to do. They're offering medicine. <laughs> Who is that? Right. Like, My is little that an ancestor <laughs> is talking to us right
1: now. <laughs> it is an ancestor returned. That is yes. how we refer to the children, as in the cosmology that I work in, as the ancestors return because they're so fresh off that realm. They carry the wisdom of spirit and the wisdom of the ancestors, and so that was one. That was she sounded. She's like, I made this little heart. Come she was whispering. I know. It's
0: like, who is that? Who's coming in? <laughs> Talking about the heart. Who's here? Yes. Yes. yes sorry. <laughs> no, that is amazing. That happened on purpose. We know that. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking about accountability too to ancestors and that that's deep work and that they offer medicine and they also, it's like guidance and direction. And when we're not following that and on that, at least in my experience, when I don't listen, (laughs) then, you know, I'm not in alignment. I'm not showing up in integrity. Often I am engaging in patterns that cause more harm, right. As I'm living in a culture that wants to harm me because of the systems we we've named. So part of my practice has been to meditate and go inside and sit in front of my ancestor altar every day and, and to be in a space of listening and then knowing I have to follow through. That's the other piece. (laughs) Yeah. And I've been thinking a lot about ancestors and how they have seen what you named this earlier, what we are experiencing right now. Like my grandmother lived through that, right. Or my great grandmother lived through much of what we're experiencing and one that helps ground me and it helps me be in a place of resilience. And I also think that I've been trying to tap into like what practices, what things did they have to do to keep trying to thrive or to continue to thrive, right? Amidst all that was going on. I've just been in a space of like, what it, what were they doing that allowed them to do that? And, and what you shared about earlier about the generosity of spirit, as I said, amidst all that's going on, maybe that's what they were doing, right? And maybe they were connecting with their ancestors to be in a place of, you know, facing so much overt oppression and racism and harm, right? And still persevering as evidenced by us being here right now.
1: Exactly. Like, including their people, in their lives, not forgetting where they came from. And then the tradition, you know, singing even. I think of just like the power of song and voice in that way, the energetics that the voice carries. I mean, you can sing a song and shift the entire energy of a space or a room that you're in, right? So I think all those beautiful practices, like centering them, not letting Yes, it's big what's happening, but not letting it interrupt their rituals of connection with their people and being fast on their feet to modify them and to work with what they have, right? So if they're working with new plants that they were, they previously had no experience with, right? But learning how to work with those new plants and create relationships so they could create medicine and ritual, but just being really open and available and also I think having a really strong sense of belonging so that whatever is happening out here is not breaking the tether that one has to this really strong sense of like people prayed over me for me to be here. People have sacrificed for me to be here. Like the bigness of my spirit and the bigness of my soul's transformation is bigger than the classroom that I'm in right now, even though there's really shitty and terrible things happening in the classroom. I won't let that outweigh the generosity that I have for this opportunity to be alive and to transform. So tethering to that feels like a beautiful way that they
0: practice and in community. Right. We can't do this on our own. We can't. Although we're conditioned, dominant culture conditions many of us to do things on our own, right? That's not actually real. That's an illusion. So... It's not even possible for for us to do that, and we'll suffer greatly if we try to. I mean, that's part of why we're where we are right now is that deep conditioning around individualism and competition and meritocracy, all of those those things. Yeah, and and I'm reflecting on your role and your work, and I just feel so very clear that we need the kind of work you're doing. To actually move through this moment. And, and yes, we need the people who are in the streets protesting. I don't go to protest, it's too overstimulating for my system to be in spaces like that. And I know it makes a difference, like people engaging their bodies and voices in that way and power. And I also have been curious for a long time about whether or not that energy is sustainable. And so what you're naming about and what we're talking about related to ancestors and remembering that to me feels more sustainable, like that, that will actually hold us through this. And perhaps we need both and many things. I'm not saying one is better than the other. And I've been in a place of clarity around like, actually, this is the medicine we need right now because it feels like transformational energy. Whereas when I have been in protest, it feels like it's fire for sure, but it's like, I'm going to show up and do this thing for two hours and engage my body in this way, in this fire. And at times that has felt depleting, whereas the ancestral work to me and the medicine that we're talking about doesn't feel like it depletes me. We've named generosity several times. So I've just been in a place, I've been like thinking about like what is required in this moment. And again, maybe all of it is, right? We have different roles. And I I feel like there's some wisdom in what we're saying around engaging in our practices, paying attention to where we're from, remembering we are from people and a place, even as dominant culture wants us to forget that and works really, you know, over time to make us forget our connection with our people and one another.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. And I was reflecting on what you said about protesting and I've been to a couple and we went to one when everything first started with the kids. And yes, I was just like, oh my God, my nervous system, I was shaking, during. And then like, it took a few days for me to like, even just like, just be like, I'm safe and everything is okay. Like in my body, like it took a lot. But for me, I was like, if I can devote this energy to like helping people root in their people and root in that connection, and then carry that out into the world. In all the ways, not just in this event of the protest, but in all these other interactions and engagements for people to just be embodying the fullness of that connection. I was like, that is like where I want this to be. And even folks who choose to protest, I'm like, I would love to help them root in connection with their people so that the fire of that is grounded and has a holding in their people and also in the ancestors of liberation, like calling those ancestors in too and deepening in relationship to them, right? And letting them hold the hotness of that fire and being available to just let the energy of that pour through the expression of of what's happening. So,
0: yeah, so there's a balance. So like, yes, we need people to protest in this way, to be very clear and also we need to be grounded as we show up and do that. And it needs to be based in a connection with the earth and the elements and our ancestors and others. Otherwise, I think there's a risk to not be in the body as we're oh, yeah. protesting about valuing bodies, right? Like mm-hmm. there's this whole mm-hmm. way we can oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> It's like, wait, you're in a body, right? How does it feel? How does it feel as you show up and do this or as you chant in this way or as you hold the sign or as you see other people, right? So I think it's both because I actually, now that we've talked about it, I think it's both that will help us in the long haul. It's like the grounded piece of that though. So we don't burn out so quickly because of the energy we're expending and the medicine of, of the wisdom of our ancestors and that relationship we have with them. So there's my answer. I was like, "Oh, working it out as we were talking." That's yeah. it. That's that's what I what I think about it. I did have a question, and it just came to me. I, I'm not sure why. You mentioned different ancestors and rituals and practices, and how you are in relationship with them and nourish them. And you mentioned the elements, and I'm wondering if there are animals that show up for you, like animal medicine, animal energy. And again, I have no idea why I'm asking you this. So. Someone's curious about this animal medicine and energy.
1: Yeah. So I do have different animals that show up at different times. And I'm always curious, like, oh, is this one of my people talking to me? Or is this animal in itself, like just holding medicine and wisdom? And so sometimes like in my discernment, like I drop in and I ask my people. And then there are specific ones that come to me. Like the bees, for instance, or are like my mother's mother's line, like, I just love them. I just, I just love them so much. And I know you have bees and you get bees and that feels, I don't have words for why it is like a very strong, like connection. But when I see them, I'm like, Oh, let me check. Let me see like, what's going on with my line? Like, does somebody have a message for me? Are you just wanting to be present with me? So Definitely different animals that show up, even plants. If I'm like walking and like I'm just taken by something or like I can smell something that's like an herb, I'm just like, oh, I like, I smell this holy basil, like, but I'm like right here. And but it's coming through really strong. Like, oh, who is that? Who has a message for me? What do you want to tell me? Is it the plant itself that's communicating with me or is it my people? And I think in the natural world, they show up in all these different ways for different folks. And so, yeah, there's different creepy crawlies and critters and 4 leggeds and all the beautiful ones that show up. And they're like,
0: Hey girl, <laughs>
1: like who is that?
0: Yeah. I love what you said about you drop in to see if it's an, a message from an ancestor or it's from that element, right? That energy of the the particular animal that is showing up. And one of my beehives is named infinity. And I mentioned, I've been working with my great grandmother, Angie. I wasn't clear about why I named them infinity until recently, and it is because of her and the work I'm being called in to do with her and just the connection, ongoing connection. And so I've started to talk to the hive as her, or when a bee comes up to like the window randomly, like it doesn't, you know, make sense that they're there at that time. I'm like, hi, Angie, like that, if they feel like her to me. So I just appreciate what you said about the bees because you know how much I, I love them and they're in different realms too, right? Like they can here, but they're in the spirit realm too, and can be that bridge as well for people and to help people transition. So they're powerful magic and medicine. Yes. That's funny. I was thinking about bees earlier. That's probably why I asked the question. You were speaking at the bees came to mind and that's probably why I asked you about animals. I was like, I don't know why I'm, I never asked anybody <laughs> this question. Like and I haven't yet. I do ask plenty of people this question, but on this podcast and I was like, but I need to ask this question right now about the animals so I'm if there's anything else you want to name or share with people listening about you, about this moment, about the medicine, anything else you want to name? Yeah, just
1: a message that every single person alive in this moment has purpose. And for everybody that's listening, like you're loved, your people love you. And they are as hungry as we all are for belonging. They're super hungry to meet us with homecoming and to be in really deep relationship with us. They're really hungry to be woven in to your daily life. And it doesn't have to be anything excessive or wild ritual wise, but to be acknowledged. They're hungry for that. And there's a lot of medicine and healing and love in their presence. And I want people to know that they don't have to be fold into this notion that you have to have records and access to records in, in history books, like your people are alive in you. The stories that they carry, the medicine they carry is alive in you, and it is accessible to you. It is your birthright to be in relationship with that medicine. It's part of your destiny to bring it into the world. And it's your birthright to be in relationship by your elders and to be held and sustained and nourished by them. So I want everybody who's listening to know that, that you've not been abandoned in this moment. There's a lot of generosity and prayers that have been poured into you being here and those prayers and that generosity is happening in a whole nother realm. People are making offerings and praying for you to be sustained in the body that you're in and for you to live out this mission of transformation for your soul because it's going to provide healing for your lineage and it's going to provide transformation and healing for your own soul. And you're not alone in that. There are all these other powers and beings that walk with us, creator walks with us, all the other divine ones walk with us and our ancestors walk with us. And they're equally as important for us to be in relationship and to call them in and to invite them into our life. Because if it wasn't for them physically <laughs> making the sacrifice of being here, we would not be here, right? And so I just want people to remember that. And even if they're challenging things about your lines, learn about them through relationship and commit to doing something differently and show up differently. But you can't learn about them if you're not in relationship and you're not willing to learn what's there. So you can transform yourself and what's present in your mind and just make really sweet balm and honey for your spirit and for the world through that connection. It wants to happen.
0: Thank you so much for that medicine and message. And thank you for spending time here with me today in this conversation and, and magic and the weaving, as you've said many times. So thank
1: you. Thank you. It's a blessing to be here. I could be here all day just talking
0: to you. (laughs) Like, when can we
1: do it again? We don't have to record it. I just want to, like, be in your sphere of orbit.
0: (laughs) We can make that happen. Actually, that's a We can to making that happen and bringing our people together in that way.
1: I would love that. I would love that. And thank you for having me. It's such a blessing. Such a blessing to be with you and your people and the ones you walk with.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, Tamira. Thank you, Michelle. I hope you have a good rest of your day. I will.
1: This has like been so deeply nourishing. I think the rest of the week is just going to be like juicy and just full from this time together. So thank you, and thank you, ancestors, for like coordinating. Thank you,
0: (laughs) ancestors, spirits, spirit gods, energies, elements for bringing us together in this way all of that
1: all of y'all yes the multitudes right
0: right Yeah. yeah i hope you enjoyed the episode thank you so much for taking the time to listen you can support finding refuge by rating it on itunes and by sharing it with friends and beloveds you can support my work the work of skill in action, creating justice in the world by becoming a patron on Patreon. Visit my page there. It is skill in action. I hope you take care of yourself and that we take care of one another. Be well, friends.